Okay, welcome to our Fimi. This is Saratova Beth. Just when we're when we're talking about Parshas Vayigash, we're just going to do a, a little kitzer. What we're what we're looking at is the Parsha and the Haftarah. We're looking at what the shift is that comes through the federal court because of Hey Tavis. There's a shift in the world that came through the federal court Toscaning yeah. things about truth. And for for very distinct reasons, it had to be that these ideas of truth had to come through the United States Federal Supreme Supreme Court, if I'm saying the right name. Which means that when we think about it, um, way back when at the time of Yutes Kislev, the Alter Rebbe wrote a letter to his Mechutzen, I believe, and said, um, thank you, Hashem, for the miracle, and now the Gayim will recognize, etc. You know, that the greatness of Hashem, etc. And, of course, the Rebbe asked the question, are you serious? That's what we care about. <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know, that w- it, you would think that the Alter Rebbe, sorry, he, he, he was ready to, hmm? yeah, but, besides, but, 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 uh, you're talking about lofty Hasidus, lofty truth that the Alter Rebbe is revealing, and this is not a moment when he's thinking about, so, John McPherson who drives the truck, you know, I really need him to be on board, I mean, we've got bigger problems than that, what about sitting in the house of the Misnagin, and he wasn't on board. You know, we'll worry about John McPherson in a few thousand years. But right now, let's let's just pull everything together among the Jewish people. Right. Interesting, right? And, right. Kick into gear Jewish people, so they never did. No, no the Gaim never kicked us into gear, ever. No, ne- never. No, they, they kicked us. No, that's not. Wait, that's, that's the past 30 years. Yeah. Right, but before 30 years ago, they kicked us, but they didn't kick us into into, into gear. Right, right, right. But the way they kicked us into gear in other generations was by, God forbid, right? By, God forbid, all kinds of God forbid stuff. And so we we felt, maybe we felt like, okay, Hashem, you're our only salvation, etc. But the idea that it's such a moment of victory of the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe says, ah, now the Gaim will understand. Now the nations will understand. Very strange. Very strange. And we see then, now fast forward a couple of hundred years to Haytavis, and the insistence of the Rebbe that the victory of Haytavis be accomplished through this, the, 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 the federal court, which is, which is very interesting, that it's not, you know, not because, you know, they, they're the real leaders of the world. They're not the real leaders of the world. But I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna offer a, a theory because I don't know. Obviously we need the nations of the world on board for a whole bunch of reasons that probably I don't understand. You know, we can think of the simple ones. So, um, we come to a situation where, you know, th- this is what's happening, but it's happening exactly um, hey, David is happening together with the with Parshas Vayigash, and Parshas Vayigash is all about that um, the ruler of the non-Jewish world, the Viceroy of Egypt, is standing there. The, his, he has captured one of the Shvatim. He's, he's he's kidnapped Binyamin, and he refuses to give him back. And all the brothers are standing there saying, uh, "We we 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 can't we can't we can't go home to our father Yaakov." to Yaakov Avinu, unless we get our brother back, and um, the viceroy is saying, no way, Jose. Uh-huh. Right? So, we have a little um, a little conflict of interest over here. 
And at that moment, Yehuda, the, li- the lion, you know, the head of, of, of the Shvatim, stands up to his full strength, and he says, you'd better give me back my brother or else. And then it becomes a whole showdown in which he and the Viceroy, they don't know that the Viceroy is Yosef, he and the Viceroy are kicking marble pillars and they turn into dust and, and the teeth of the guards are falling out and the, 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 the donkeys are miscarrying 300 miles away and, and all kinds of stuff is happening and blood is coming out of the eyes of, of, of Yehuda and the hairs on his chest pierce through three levels of three layers of clothes and it's really a scene. Yeah. And it's really a scene. And, and in this scene, um, a surprising, you know, there's a surprising end all of a sudden. A this, this happened when the, the Shvatim were standing in front of the right viceroy of Egypt and saying, we need our brother back. And he said, too bad. And so this... Or, or something. That's a, that's a whole other issue. But so here we see, the other asked a very interesting question. Now, I'm going to ask you what question... Well, okay, we'll get distracted. I'll, I'll, I'll suggest to you what the other's question is. Um, uh, would, 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 would you do that if you were standing? You need your brother back. Would you, uh, would you start kicking pillars? You know, you're standing in front of Paro himself, essentially. The, the second in command of Paro, it's like you're standing in front of Paro. Right. And you're saying, please, sir. Please, sir, give me back my brother. My father will not survive this if we don't come home with him. Please, I'm begging you. What begging? He does say, be a dainee, you know, please, you know, you're ma- my master. But other than that, he's like, hey, bud, give me back my bro or else you're going to be sorry. Right? <laughs> no. That's what he did. Would you do that? That's not PC. That's a way to make sure that, they, you know, today, remember once, in a, once upon a time, if you called a company about your phone, let's say, and you said, wait a minute, this is outrageous. I should be able to have service. Why should I wait, you know, five hours, no service? They used to say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Told us what we can do. These days, they hang up on you. Used to be the customer was always right. Now, excuse me, I don't take any lift from you. You give them one little kvetch, and you express dissatisfaction with their service. All they are is a paid rep. They hang up on you. So, you're not, and if you really need your phone service, you're not, no, 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 sir, please, ma'am, no, no, thank you so much. You have to sweet talk just the representative, just to give you the phone service that you're pay, paying over, being overcharged for. So who's going to stand in front of Paro and say, hey, bro, give me back my brother, you know, hey, dude, give me back my brother or else? Who's going to do that? It's insane. And that, the Rebbe says, is the model for Gullis. Believe it or not, the model for Gullis. So, but um, okay, the wait, the model for Gullis as it turns into Gula. You're right. That's really believe, the model for Gullis as as it's turning into Gula. So the Rebbe says, if you look at the Haftira, if you look at the Haftira, it's it's a similar energy. No, it's actually maybe very different. Here you have Vayigash Alav Yehuda. Yehuda goes up to the ruler, which means wait. So who's in charge? Just think of it. Yehuda goes up to the ruler and says, I need my brother. So now, who does that mean is in charge? Yehuda or the ruler? 
If I say to you, could I please have some hot or some tea that's hot? That's right. If I say, could I please have some tea that's hot? That means you're in charge. I have to ask you for a favor. If I, if you're the ruler and I come up to you and say, I need my brother back, you're in charge. I, you're the mashpia. I'm the makabal. Right? Good. Now, so that means Yehuda is the makabal. And we know who is the ruler really. Yosef. So that means in the Parsha, Yosef is the Mashpia, and Yehuda is the Makabal. Okay. Now let's look at Haftarah, which is you know a taste of, of the of the Parsha. It says, take a take a stick and write on it to Yehuda, and then take another stick and write on it to Yosef, and put the two sticks together, and they become one stick. Okay, one stick with whom on top. And, um, and it says. And it really denotes the union of these two energies, of, et cetera, of Yaisef and Yehuda, because it's two different ways of being. And, and I will make them into one nation. And there will be one king. So who's on top? Who's on top? David. Okay, now. Right, right exactly. So that means in the Parsha, David is the receiver. In the, in the Hasira, David, David is the giver. He's in charge. So you see already here, and what, you know, Yosef is more the idea of, you know, adding. So we're saying that Yosef is, Yosef is more the idea of, you know, receiver, bittel, haida, thank you so much, wow, 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 the receiver. That, that, there are two ways of being. I don't want to expand on this too much, but there are two ways of being in life. Yehuda, haida, you know, you know, which kind of tea would you like? Whatever you give me, it's fine. Thank you so much. Right? You know, whatever, whatever you give me, it's fine. That's Yehuda, that's haida. You know, whatever, oh, you're so generous to give me tea, whatever, whatever, I, I have no preference. You know, I'm, I'm your, I'm just your guest. Whatever you give me is fine. And Yaisa says, you have any green tea? No, not the one. Not the one with the mint. I want the plain crap, classic green tea. No, not decaf. You have any green, right? That's my heart suffer. Like, I feel my own power. You know, you're asking me already, oh, give me, you know, order in the court, order in the court. Oh, good. I'd like to order a coffee and two cheese Danish. So we see those two energies, and those two energies are at play in our lives as we go from Gullah to Gula. This whole thing of of Hey Tavis and Vayigash has everything to do with how we transition in this combination. We don't, we don't, we now have to learn a whole new way of combining these two ways of, oh sure, thank you so much for the tea, thank you. Uh, Do you have any green tea? It's not just have no preferences. Whatever they dish out is fine. Whatever Hashem dishes out is fine. Because Hashem says, ask for what you want. I'm allowed to want. He said, I want you to want what you want. I thought I'm supposed to accept anything you, you give me. Yeah, he said both together. He said, oh, I tumor, I tell you, but this is too hard for me. Yeah. She was like, oh, which tea cup do you want? Right. Uh, oh. Anyone you give me. And right. She brought me this amazing vehicle, and if I right. had been more specific, I would have had another. Yeah, this beautiful thing. <laughs> so, but what, what I'm saying is, this idea of this new combination, it's a very delicate combination. We know how we've done it in Gullah. It's like Imun and Batap. And Imun is, I know Hashem knows what he's doing. Why should I ask for anything? Right. He's in charge. You know, I'm just a simple servant, which is true. 
And then the other one is Hashem says, what do you want? You say, well, if I was allowed to feel it, I would actually want a uh, a uh, parking spot on my that that is unique to me on the street that I just what, that I have an app on my phone and whenever I need to park, a parking spot occurs. That's what I, I wish in my wildest dreams. Hashem says, <laughs> so why aren't you right? So what? Right before she's uh, she, on her way to park, she, she always says, please, please park. give me the parking spot. Right. right. Every single time. Right. So, so that's my stuff. That's the idea of if Hashem is going to give me something. Somebody told me there, Mashpia used to say, if Hashem is going to give you, let him give you what you want. So that's more like Yaisif versus Yehuda. That's more like Betuffin. Hashem said, ask, oh, you want the app on your phone that gives you an automatic parking spot? Why are you not asking? I didn't think I'm allowed to exert that much power. I thought I'm supposed to be a nothing. So that combination is a very complex combination of how to be in life. We kind of got it in Gullus. You know, different people disagree about, and then there's, there's the Canadian way, and then there's the Israeli way, and boy, are they different, right? There's the Commonwealth way, and then there's the, the Israeli way, you know, or the, there's the Commonwealth way and the Moroccan way. Oh, right? It's like, it's so opposite, right? So, so we have that combination, but the way we figured out how to make it work in Gullus is very different from the way we have to figure out how to make it work in Geula. So that's what the Rebbe is speaking about here, and it all seems to revolve around Hetavis. These farm, this this deeper aspect of Tyra, connected to the Nathiadar, connected uniquely to Geula, somehow have the secrets in them of this new way of being, and how to transition to the new way of being. It's not just a question of whatever this new combination is, it's not just knowing what it is because I wouldn't be able to do it anyway. But now I need a life coach to, to coach me how to actually become that. Right? Does that make sense? Um, so here's the Rebbe saying about, it's called the Titus of Yehuda. Um, because um Yehuda means that Yehuda had a certain um a certain power. He acted with a certain what the Rebbe calls brave type, a certain audacity. Uh-huh. A certain audacity. Brave. Bravery and audacity. He really was going out on a limb, you know. They could all have gone to jail in a minute. Yeah, sure. Or or the viceroy could have said, Okay, guards, take them away and like you know take to the tunnels, you know, God forbid. So when we're speaking about the taikaf of Yehuda, this power of Yehuda, um, um, we realize, first of all, how, how is the relationship going to change? You know, this idea of Yehuda has to stand up for his rights. We have to stand up for our rights, but in a way that we have to be very smart about it, very PC about it. And, and there's a little catch-22 here. PC, politically correct. correct. Yeah, thank you. There's a little catch-22 in this, that this is a template for the idea that when we're standing up in front of, you know, well, I have to go to 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 the DMV, and they have to renew my license, but I already let it expire. Yeah. You know, right, exactly. I've had that with websites where it already expired, and I said, oh, please, if you're going to tell me that the whole thing was a race, I worked on it for years, you know, et cetera. Right. So hold on. Wait, so let's just do this. So, so 
There's a catch-22. There's a catch-22. What's the catch-22? The catch-22 is this ruler, this government, this ruler, this person in charge that you feel like you'd better, uh, I don't know, the you'd better um, bow to. You'd better be very, very, very nice. And, and you better humble yourself to because he's the big bad, he's the big bad monster. And so you better humble yourself to him, like like what's happening in the world today. The Israeli government is saying we have to humble ourselves to big, uh, big Uncle Sam, United States of America, because they have the money. And the Rebbe says, "What part of the world was created for you? Did you not get? You think they have the money? I can, like Hashem can put the money anywhere He wants. Why are you not getting that? But but what we need to realize is the shift is." That at some moment, all of a sudden, this big bad monster ruler that we are afraid of, and we say we better be careful how we talk to him when we ask for what we need, it turns out that he's really your brother. Yaisa sends everybody out of the room and says, guess what, guys? And he's like, what? He said, and they're trembling. I'm actually not the vice. I am the vice, but I'm really Yaisa's your brother. They're like, what? Seriously? You know, and everything changes. Everything changes. You know, it's almost like, you know, we would go to the head of Hamas, and he would say, just kidding, folks, take off the mask, and yeah, I'm really Maishala, you know, lives in Kfara, you know, whatever. Not a funny joke. <laughs> you know, not a funny joke, and, you know, in other words, no, not, in other words, afterwards, the, the enemy, the enemy, not the one at that time, but that, you know, you say like, are you the one in charge? Are you the one who perpetrated? He's like, haha, poor Spiel. You know, because it's through Iran, and he takes off the mask, and he says, I, I was just kidding. I'm really your brother. What do you need? And we have that going on. That's called swords into plowshares. We have that going on already 30, 40, 50 years. There are lots of stories. I just don't want to waste time on those stories. Wait, huh? that's Yes. Yes. I didn't think of that point yet. You're saying the point. In other words. The, the, here, exactly, thank you, that the type of Yehuda, the, the confidence of Yehuda causes the big bad monster Viceroy to somehow turn into your ally, your ally. And he says, yeah, I was just wearing a mask, just trying to fool you guys, just trying to fool you guys. Um, we, could, we could ask the question, this that Yehuda did, that he stood up with power, in front of the, whom he thought was the viceroy. Was that something that, you know, he did it, but don't try it for homework? <laughs> no, it's for everyone. You know? So here the Rebbe says it's actually not something that um, was a temporary thing that was just for that time. It's not just an Indian lifty shah, something for that time. But rather, you want to hear these words? It creates a chiddush even a court, even um, in the power of Yaisaf at that time. What Yehuda did created a revolution in the world with an innovation, and it's forever and it's for now. Which be- he, opened the door. <laughs> he opened the door, and because of that, the fact is we were given the best part of, of, of the land of Mitzrayim, and it came through Yaisef. So it's not like, who needs Yaisef? Who needs the Viceroy? We don't need him at all. He, he's got the goodies. He's got the place to live. He's got the goodies. He's got the money. 
but his job is to release it to us because it's really ours. He thinks it's it's the job of the Vatican to give the kalim that belongs to us belong to us. But why pay for storage? You know, why this free storage? We've had free storage of the kalim for the base of English for you know how many how many how many centuries? So free storage. I mean, there are some problems with where they store it, but you know. Yeah. It's stored already, so keep them clean, etc. Yeah. But at the moment that it's time to give them to us, the question is, what do we have to do, and whom do we have to be to get them to say, "Oh, so sorry. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, I hope here, you here you, they are. Here they are. You need your vessels of the of the holy yeah. temple back." And so, and Dafka through this power of of what does the whole thing is this determination and power of Yehuda. That means the Jew. Acting as a leader, because there there is a there are twelve shvatim. Not every one represents leadership. Menasha, I don't know what he represents. You know, each one represents another way of being. When you think of it, but Yehuda represents what the part, leadership. So when you're thinking of yourself as a Jew, and you're thinking of yourself as a, a Jewish leader, which of the shvatim do you feel like I better learn from him? I'd like to learn from him. Yehuda. Yeah. He he is the aspect of leadership in us. So so here and and because he stood in his full leadership, which now is the moment for us to do that, then we see the whole world is saying we need to learn truth. Like, hello, hi, I'm here. This is not a time to shrink back and say, Well, who am I to speak? Right, so let who who should speak then? Muhammad? <laughs> Muhammad? Muhammad will speak very well. He has very big truth. Right? You want Muhammad to tell the world truth? He's trying to. He's he's trying to. But 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 there's there's a better right, there's a better truth than that. So they're waiting for us to stand up. So and what does it cause? And Dafka with this Kayak can be the Yakuzu, etc. We get the best part of the land and we settle there and we take and we, we expand. Meaning, we are given what we should have to be the leaders. But in order to do that, you have to be completely authentic in your truth with Hashem. So, and we see, and that's why Hashem, you know, then Yehuda was sent before to Goshen, because we got the best part of the land. We stood up, we were leaders. But once you, but once you get to Goshen, once you get to Goshen, then what do you have to do? You have to, you have to go there. Torah has to precede you. Yes. So Yehuda was sent there to do what? To make a yeshiva. So um, here we're having, here we're hearing from the Rebbe that there are two ways. Um, that when we stand up as as Yidin at the time of Gullus, there are two ways that we can deal with with truth and with um, uh, being powerful and standing up for the truth. One is your power is only as much as the laws of nature and the way the world works will allow you. You know, this country gives us money; we better toe the line because they're in charge. That's one way of being of believing. The other way is 
You stand completely higher than every, anything in the world, completely higher than all the nations, completely higher than Gullus, and you stand up with a, a power, um, and and it goes. When you stand up with that kind of power like Yehuda did, it was not a very good time for Yehuda to stand up and say, hey, you better give me back my brother. He, he should have realized this is a place to be very humble, and he was not. He did say, please my master. But other than nice language, he kicked the marble pillow, pillars, etc. He said, this is what we need. Right. right. <laughs> Period. This is what we need. We are not backing down. This is the truth, and this is what we need. Hashem is telling us to tell you this is what it's going to be. And so that way of being, is it going to get him, God forbid, thrown in jail or whatever? Or, here's the other thing, no. It actually creates that the power of Yehuda makes it that we end up changing, um, affecting the nations and changing the way they conduct, they do things. Changing the absolute way that they do things. So, right, he wasn't, but I'm saying, it's not so much who Yosef really was, but just that there are two ways of being in Gullus. You stand up for the truth, but, you know, don't stand up for too much truth, because the nations aren't going to like it. Or do you stand up fully for the truth and say, truth is truth. I don't have to worry whether the nations are going to like it. Like now, do we say the land of Israel, God gave the land of Israel to the Jewish people. Period. Fact. True news, not fake news. Everything else is fake news. Fact. That's it. We're not going to be mealy-mouthed about it. That's the higher way to do it in Gullus. Now, will it get you, God forbid, sent to Siberia? There were points in history when it did. Or will it, but they're ever saying, at this point we've come to a point where doing that will actually affect the nations and the, and, and the way they conduct themselves in a way that stands for truth. In other words, we've come to a moment in history where backing down is no longer effective. Standing up for truth is the only thing that will be effective. Mm-hmm. We're not used to that because we're used to being victims. So, so it's a whole new way of being that we have to figure out how to do it in a smart way. Um, and how we understand this, we were just saying before, if we think about the story of Purim, we are right in the middle of the story of Purim. Mm-hmm. Iran, Persia says, we had a plan at the time of Purim, it didn't really work. They were so busy with their humantash, and you know, we, we did not succeed in, God forbid, annihilating the Jewish people. And, then, and they were always celebrating and eating their pastries. So we really didn't win. You know, we, we, they made, they made hamantaschen out of us, basically. But this time, let's give it one more try, God forbid. That's what Hayalatia. This time, we could, that's what Iran is saying. That's behind this whole, whatever's going on in the world and all the marches from the river to the sea, hum and tash and will be free. But you know why? Because it's also because they were uh, afraid of uh, the Abraham. 
Okay, so being that we're in the middle of the story of Purim, so to speak, because Iran, Yamashimam, they they think the way Akashverish uh, thought or the way Haman thought, you know, and uh, and 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 we won't say, but they will not succeed because we already have the Hamantashen ready, you know. Uh, this time, sprouted spelt Hamantashen <laughs> ready, sugar-free sprouted spelt Hamantashen ready for the next celebration. So. If we're in the middle of the story of Purim, so in the middle of, here we're talking about Parshat Vayigash, wintertime, where does the story of Purim come into this sicha? And all of a sudden, the Rebbe brings this whole story of Purim and says, we need to learn now how to be. And how to be is, Mordechai, lo yichra, He refused to bow down. Everybody else said, if you don't bow down to Haman, then guess what? You become cream cheese, God forbid. <laughs> and he, you become a hamadash. You become the prune filling in, in the hamadash. <laughs> and he said, I will never bow down. That's right. I will never bow down. And the Rebbe is telling us that's the way to be now. Do not bow bow down. It's just, it, 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 it's, it's a zara. What does that mean? Avaita Shazar alone. But Avaita Zara means something that, that does not fit you. Bowing down does not fit. In fact, when October 7th happened, and, and they were saying they, I don't remember what, some not very pleasant piece of news, and a lot of us were saying it can't be that, that, and that. Oh, yeah, they were, you know, they, they were going to send around all these videos of, of hostages begging for their lives. You know, everybody said, don't stay off social media because what they're going to do to scare you is they're going to send videos of hostages in, in Gaza. Um, they should be out immediately begging for their lives. And, and we all said, it's not going to happen. Jews don't beg for their lives. They wanted to send those videos, but somehow they never did. Because they think Jews don't want to beg for their lives. It's a, have, how often have you seen a Jew begging for the, their lives? It's not, right? In other words, okay, we'll, we'll, like, they'll leave the world as Yehuda, standing straight and saying, Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Melech Elam Shalei But they're not going to beg for their lives. So, and this seems to be the way that we're supposed to be now to change the entire climate of the world from we're against you to we are your brothers and we want to help you. The power is in our hands. This is what the Rebbe is saying because, because, say the 12th Sukkim, right. And, and Mordechai, Mordechai would not bow down. And one other thing that at the party, it says that the party of Achashverus was Kirsten Ishvaish according to the way of Mordechai and according to the way of Haman. What does that mean? So there, um, a way that, um, the way of Mordechai is, there are two opposite things. The way of Mordechai is, I don't bow down. The way of Haman is, we bow down to whatever they tell us to bow down to. Um, So the way of, of Mordechai is, he's a Yehudi. He denies the Vaita Zara. Anything that doesn't fit him, he's like, uh, he's like forget it. it. It doesn't exist for me. And and Haman is, 
you know, if I deserve, like, whatever pays. Tell me what to say. I get paid for it. I get a higher status on my social media. Tell me what to say. I'll say it. What do I care? <laughs> They'll bump me up in the ratings in Hollywood. Tell me what to say. I'll sell my soul. What do I care? And a Jew can live in that world where, you know, sell your soul for fame, honor, money, etc. And at some point, every Jew will come to the moment where he says, I will not sell my soul. <laughs> Daniel Pearl. He was a regular secular guy who, you know, lived a regular secular life. Like, you know, you got to do what you got to do in life. Came to the last moment of his life. Oh, oh, he, he threw it all away and said, I will not bow down. I will go out telling you I am a Jew. Why do you have to say that? Maybe they'll give you another week. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll do a gunshot instead of a rust, rusty kitchen knife. You know what I'm saying? Like, why Why make it worse? Save yourself. Save yourself from discomfort. He's like, what? I'm not bowing down. You best bow down your whole life. He said, well, I'm not going to bow down now. So, so Haman teaches us, listen, say what you have to say. There, there's, there's, a, there's a word for it, but it's not a pleasant word, you know, selling oneself. But also, it's by sharing with the challenge. And so, just to end off, and we'll, we have the second part to this sicha, which is um, which is the uh, which is the idea of um, we find ourselves in the as we said in the middle of the Purim story, and we are going to be victorious. And at the same time, it requires a whole shift in how we act towards the nations of the world and act relative to the laws of nature. The laws of nature. And and we're going to see in the next in the next installment what exactly that is. But just to know that um, when we stand up with a power and we say this is what it is, this is the truth of Hashem, or in this case, we're facing Iran, and Iran is saying um, from the river to the sea, Hamantashin will be free. We have to say we stand for you know Mila Shemelai. We stand in the name of truth. And stand up for the truth with power, without being apologetic. The, the, the key is to not be apologetic anymore about standing up for truth. And Hashem will give us the power through that to transform the, 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 the social rules, the political rules of the world so that the world ends up saying whatever we need to do to help you usher in the Geula. Just give us a job and we're here to do it. So may we find ourselves in the base of Midrash Shlichi immediately now.